What's going on? Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. Indeed it is. Yeah. How you doing? Pretty good. Feeling good. Oh, I'm sore, actually. My arms are sore. Did you go to the gym? I went to the gym yesterday. No I, way! At arm day yesterday. Seriously? Yeah. What gym? Uh, the one at my apartment. Oh, you yeah. have a gym at your apartment? We do. Now, have a, you have a... It's, it's a gym. Yeah. Dang, like how would 80s how did equipment? That go? Uh, it was interesting. I walked in, no, no one was there, luckily. Good. And then each equipment has like instructions so I could like read some Sp- of pictures. <laughs> Spend like 10 minutes. You're like, You're like okay. okay, arms here. What's a pack? And then I'm like, got it. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to adjust the weights. <laughs> Let's put this on 40. Okay. And I did, uh, I did three reps of five of everything arms. Okay. And then I. Did some crunches. Nice. Three reps of 10 in each direction for my abs. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I tried to run a mile and uh, made it a half mile before I remembered I needed my inhaler. So then I stopped. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that would do it. Yeah. I walked most of the mile. Okay. A half but mile. But you, you... Oh, as it, did you finish the mile yeah, walking? I, uh, no, I mean, I like... I just put on a speed. I had two speeds. Oh, okay. I was going to do like two minutes fast, 30 seconds slow, two minutes fast. I got you. And by the like sixth, fifth minute, I was like, I need to just do the slower speed for the rest of the half mile. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And I think I only worked out for like 15 minutes. <laughs> but I went back to the apartment and just lied on the floor. And I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> well, it's been like a long time since you've been to an actual like gym because you've been like, a long time since i've been to an actual gym and i mean besides cardio doing like youth things well last year you had a, a kick where you would go for jogs occasionally that was like just around the block though yeah maybe on occasion but it wasn't frequent enough right i think like i said i get my heart rate up doing like youth group games once a week maybe or a lot during like the summer pretty intense simon says please yeah can can you know but yeah so i did that and you know my arms aren't like sore sore but like when i when i raise them up or like lift something i'm like oh i can feel it Hmm. yeah so i'm trying to work out tomorrow work on my legs and then friday before dnd i plan on going back do it again there you go it is a week i mean the only thing is (laughs) i say i did three reps of five i don't really know how to do reps i know like you should space it out and that's what i'm trying to do but i'm probably doing everything all wrong I've never worked out, yeah. so I'm probably doing more damage than I'm good. Story of my life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hopefully that's not the case, and hopefully uh, oh, at least the show's doing some good. I feel sore, and that for me, that's a sign that I did something good. Or something really, really bad. But we'll if see it, how if long nothing's I'm sore. T- yeah, if, if nothing's sore, I think uh, I'm not like doctors, blue nurses and purple, help us out here. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's actually that's pretty sweet. Yeah. How, how are you? Dude, so many good things have happened this week. That's, to be honest. That's good. But I've just been so grumpy. I don't know. There's just been a lot of awesome stuff. Got to go disc golfing again. It's like three weeks in a row or something like that. It's been fantastic. Three weeks in a row. Maybe not in a row. It's like three weeks out of four. 
or something like that. I've played a lot like recently. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, just been kind of grumpy. So I don't know what's going on there. Can't really get to the, the point of it, but pray for me, guys, please. I don't want to be grumpy, but I am. So good and bad. Good things. Bad, bad attitude. Bad things. Yeah. No, good things, bad attitude. You aren't your attitude. You are not the tude. You're a yes man. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, gosh. I'm not. Anyways, let's dive into media. What yeah, you, yeah, yeah. What have you been taking in? I'm kind of excited about this because I have taken in media, but Ooh. it's like, I think it's mostly media that's been allowed for Exodus. I mean, besides last week, a lot of Cuphead and it's, well, spoiler, it's kind of one thing we're going to talk about today, but I only mention that because... It's really funny because as soon as I was like, hey, I thought of an episode because we all, I, I didn't even make that media, but we, we played games this past weekend too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is half the time. Yeah, that was within yeah, a week that of was this. Saturday. That was <laughs> the same day you were doing disco. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. So we played games and I told you about this idea I had and literally that night I beat the one place I was stuck in. So I'm on the last boss. Okay. And I already know how it ends without having to look it up. So that was cool, really cool. But... I've mentioned in a, on the previous episode that I've been listening to LeVar Burton Reads. Yes. It's like my new evangelical podcast that I'm evangelizing. It's not an evangelical podcast, but it's a podcast that I You're sharing the good news of. Yes. Yes. The Evangelion. <laughs> but it's simply LeVar Burton reading you adult fiction, short fiction. And because of that, I've I've listened to, I did not read... Three short fiction pieces. Ken by Bruce McAllister, The Lighthouse Keeper by Daisy Johnson, and Empty Places by Richard Parks, which Empty Places was one of my favorite ones. It's a just a story between a rogue and a wizard teaming up. Unfortunate circumstance. Unfortunate sure. is a word. And it's mostly like dialogue and like them learning about each other and themselves over that journey, and it's really cool. Cool. And then I got a book from Half Life Books. So that when I go full Exodus, I can just kind of take in more of that. And I got short stories by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, mm-hmm. which he kind of created like the, the the idea of like Cthulhu and creatures like that. He kind of originated yeah. the horror genre. He inspired Stephen King, Guillermo Guillermo del, del Toro, a lot of like book writers and movie people. And so because of that, I've read three short stories by him. The Tomb, Dagon. Of Annihilation. No, not even mm. close. And A Reminiscence of Dr. Samuel Johnson by H.P. Lovecraft. So I read those three short stories. And listen Samuel to L. Johnson? Yeah. No, okay. not L. I said Samuel Johnson. Oh. <laughs> I heard Samuel L. Johnson. I'm like, this so is totally Samuel Johnson. This is a spoof. But no, the, the Reminiscence of Samuel Johnson was really good because it was just this guy talking about like him and his buddies. It reminded me of... Um, the man who was Thursday. Okay. With the idea of like, they met like weekly and they were just like literature buffs. But the guy that he met that got him into this group disagreed with what he believed on literature. And was like, let me show you your true literature. And so they went and it's just a group of people that think highly of literature. They all disagree with each other. And it also reminded me of the Irishman. Cause in the end he's talking about how he's the last one alive and he still like pay tithes to this like literature club. Mm-hmm. And he still like writes this stuff, but it's never gonna get published because everybody that wrote in that group was like wrote stuff that wasn't agreed with in public, and it was just like he never really made anything with his life. But they all 
sat and discussed this stuff that really went nowhere. Hmm. It was really interesting. And it was really cool because H.P. Lovecraft's pieces were the same way. He was shunned by the book community. So the way he made his living was writing article columns in the newspaper. Right. For like nothing. Just because he didn't want to change the way he wrote just to make it. It's really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. That almost makes me think of the Tolkien movie that came out last year. Okay. I I didn't see it, but... You remember we did an episode on it with Chris. Yeah. It talked about his, not the Inklings, but the group that he grew up with in in school and how they would discuss different arts and stuff like that too. Often disagreeing on points. That's true. And then played a lot Cuphead here and there. I've played a lot less lately, but yeah. What have you been playing? I have not been playing anything. Oh, board games. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Good good thing you reminded me. (laughs) I forgot too. So the first one is called Coup. Coup. Right? And that's that's a card game. It's called like Coop. Yeah. So that one is a game of lying. Which we played with Lizzie's family. But it's also fun. And her sister had an issue with the lying factor. So is it okay to lie when playing games? Depends who you ask. I'm asking you. Your hot take. What's my hot take? On the Christ and cultures in lying to win a game uh so i'm all about it but well let's uh let's reason through it okay because okay? i've actually never thought of it in the context of a game intent your intent is to deceive the other person yes so that is wrong wrong your it's for personal gain circumstance is for a game so it's not like you're trying to deceive them in something that is actually of consequence. So that is not morally wrong. I guess it would depend on the game, but in most lying-based board games. In the game that we were playing. Yeah, correct. There was literally no consequence <laughs> to that. Yeah. Other than I got really frustrated how good you are at lying, but also telling the truth. I told mostly the truth. <laughs> People just assume I'm lying. Uh, and then the the matter itself, lying, is morally wrong, so... Uh, I, I guess with that context, it's technically wrong, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's not, like, it's definitely not a mortal sin, I wouldn't think. I don't know. I know, it's a tough question. What do you guys think? Let us know. And if you're Matt Frad, we already know your answer, because we listen to your podcast. We also, we also <laughs> came up with another moral dilemma, though, in the other game we played. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so the other game that we played was the Oregon Trail. Like the computer game. Right. But it's a card version of yeah. that. And we played it twice. The first time through, you guys all died like within within five minutes. 3% of the... Yeah. Yeah. Like we had barely gotten the game set up and three of you had died and it was just me. Yeah. And so I was going straight by luck and made it like 60% That's of the way Oregon through Trail the game. Is. It's like luck. It was so ridiculous. And the second time through, we actually did pretty well until we got towards the end and then stuff kind of just went crazy so we were presented with a moral dilemma there were two people left. two people left so it was our friend nick and your now wife lizzie right. and she only had two supply cards left yeah so basically nick had this dilemma where he could either let lizzie die and in order to save and supplies get her supplies or keep her alive spending some supplies in the hopes that she might be of use later down the road and 
Lizzie convinced Nick that it was for the best of the interest of the game that uh, she'd be left to, to die in yeah. the game. And so we played it out, and we get down to the very last card. And Nick draws the worst card that could possibly happen in the game, instantly killing him and making all of us lose at the very last card. But we think... We don't know. We don't know if Lizzie would Clint, have been... Clint thinks. I very strongly think, because <laughs> I looked through the cards that were left. I think that if Lizzie would have been left alive, then we would have won because Nick would have died, but Lizzie... Or one of them would have died, but right. one of them would have survived. Right. Making all of us win. So kind of going along with last week's episode on Icarus and sacrificing the one for the good of the many... We tested it. It backfired. <laughs> yeah. So we're not just blowing smoke. No, it was... Steam, but definitely not smoke. It was really funny just to see that and be like, we literally just dropped an episode on this. Yeah. And then we put it into action. <laughs> uh, what else were you taking in? So the stuff that I actually remember that I took in, mostly books again. So one that I am listening to via audiobook is Clash of Kings by George R. Martin. So that's the second book in the Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones series. Not for kids. That should be pretty self-explanatory at this point. Mm -hmm. But if you are someone who likes either the books or the show, make sure you check out our Game of Thrones episode that Steve and I did uh, last summer, spring. That was a while ago. But that's actually a pretty good episode if you can get through the audio issues on that one. (laughs) The other one that I'm actually like reading is called The Weight of Honor okay. by Morgan Rice, and it's another fantasy book. And then another one that I have actually right over there that I'm super excited about is called... Is that Tolkien? Of course it's Tolkien. I see his scarf. His, his swagger. Yeah, so it's called The Monsters and Their Critics and Other Essays by J.R.R. Tolkien. So it's basically just five essays slash seminars that he gave at different universities and conventions and stuff mostly on beowulf literature and languages so very dry but Mm. if you're a nerdy tolkien fan this is the good stuff yeah not dry enough yeah i want more dry so wet yeah like leave it in the oven way too long that's how dry it needs to be yeah the last book i've been taking in is uh ink heart which is actually kind of a... Ink heart? Ink heart. Okay, yeah. Yeah. By Cornelia Funk, spelt funky, F-U-N-K-E. It's kind of a kid's book, not like a kid's kid's book, but I don't know, middle school, I guess, okay. age book, but it's pretty long for that age. But it's basically about people who can read books into existence. So when they read it, it becomes, like comes into the real world. That's cool, so but the, also terrifying. The characters like get trapped. Yeah. But then sometimes when they read people into their world, people in their world get read into the world in the book. And so they're like terrified that their loved ones will get okay. swamped. Okay. Which, spoiler alert, happens. They do. And it's the first of a series. A lot of book nerds have recommended it to me, so I checked it out. Nice. And that's it. Sweet. Well, then, like I've previously mentioned, today's episode is kind of guided around the idea that I've been taking a lot of Cuphead, and I soon won't be, but also soon I will be done playing the game as well. 
Well-timed, sir. Yeah. Mixed with something like last week, I just felt like we needed to record, and we were both just like, what do we record about? Because we've been doing this like crazy record schedule on, on Tuesdays, which are now like the longest days of our lives. Yeah. Already been awake for 16 hours. And so last week, just like we both sort of had ideas, but we're trying to like go to like recommendations, all that stuff. And I noticed a song on there that is dear to my heart at uh, The Devil Went Down to Georgia because your your homeland. Yeah, because it's because it is it says Georgia in the title, but also because there's this thing in Georgia I've previously mentioned on I don't know what episode now. It's like the eighth wonder of the world, but it's called Stone Mountain. Yeah. And it's just a giant granite rock that's big enough to climb that you sh- we shoot lasers onto and to make shapes in unison with music. And it's like a history show too, right? Yeah, it is. And one of the historical events that it sh- shows is the story of a boy named Johnny who makes a deal with the devil and wins a golden fiddle. And Is it really? Yeah. They play this song and they show the whole thing and it's great. And oh, then that's like awesome. when the devil plays, like the demons pop up with like the bass guitar doing the doom, 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 doom. doom it's doom, super doom. cool. Watch us get flagged for copyright <laughs> just for humming it. No, I think that, that's got to be like. I'm just playing. That, that Whoever, I forget the, the band, but he doesn't care. But let's start with Cuphead. So I'll give my 10 second or longer feel now. Cuphead is a, what is called indie games so indie games are kind of like self-made games type things that they're really popular mostly you download them via the interwebs onto your game console rather than buy them in stores because they're shorter cheaper it's a really popular one where they went all out every detail is hand drawn in the game and they got like a classic like jazz like orchestra band to do all the music and it's supposed to feel like it was made in like the 50s Mm -hmm. and it it's even got like that scratchy look like on TVs back in the day where it's got like the, yeah, the scratchiness going across it the whole time. And it's, the story is you're on Inkwell Isle. There's like four islands mm-hmm. and there's Cuphead and his brother Mugman, who are two human bodies, kid, kid bodies with shirts and shorts, but their heads are cups and or mugs straws. with straws. Very much like early Disney right? animation. Yeah. There are two fun-loving cups who live under a watchful eye of Elder Kettle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really say if they're related or anything, but he's an older man with a cane and he's a kettle. And he warns them to be careful and not to do something very specific, but they do it anyways and they go and they gamble at the Devil's Casino. <gasps> um, and they begin Gasp. playing craps. And they start winning a whole bunch and the Devil like comes out and is like, hey... I'll raise the stakes. Like if you guys win one more roll, you can, you'll win, you can win all the money in the casino, everything, what you've won already, but everything else, not even what you're going for. Mm -hmm. If you lose, I get your soul. And so they roll and they lose on snake eyes and they start freaking out and they start begging the devil for mercy, which is ironic in itself. And the devil makes another deal with them. It says, okay, Hey, well, if you go out and you collect all the soul contracts which of of like other souls I should be I should own, but those debtors have like run runaways essentially, and you can do that by midnight tomorrow. Then maybe you can keep yours. 
And so they go back to Elder Kettle and they're like, what do we do? And he kind of gives you like the ability to shoot to shoot guns, not a gun, but like a magical beam out of your own finger. Mm-hmm. And is like, all right, I would just go and do it, but not with the intent of actually like helping the devil with the intent of getting close to him to figure the situation out, but just do it. And so the whole game is just not like a story mode, but really just is just boss fights. The entire game is just strictly boss fights. And you go through really, really hard boss fights up until you make it to the devil. Um, and when you finally make it to the casino, the owner of the casino, which is like his right-hand man, King Dice, is like, you lost a bet. Like, or I, I lost a bet because I see you actually have the contracts and I, I made a bet that you wouldn't make it. So I'm not going to let you see the boss. And then mm. like, you have to fight King Dice and you do. And then you finally see the devil and there's he's like, hey, give me those soul contracts. And on the way there, after the pass of the first aisle to the second aisle, there's four, Mr. Kettle or whatever, Elder Kettle's like, Remember when you finally make it to the devil, do the right thing. And so when you make it to the devil, he's like, can I have the soul contracts? And you have a choice. You can actually choose yes, or you can choose no. And if you choose yes, and there's just like this scene where like the devil's laughing and then Mugman and Cuphead are just, their eyes are on fire and they have like gross teeth and they're like laughing and they just become, I forgot what it's called. Corrupted. Uh, yeah, there's a totally a name in here. Oh, they become like his evil lackeys. And the game ends. It rolls credits. Hmm. If you say no, the devil gets mad, accuses you as being like another runaway debtor. You fight him. And once you win, you they like run back to where Elder Kettle lives with no, like now knowing there's nothing to fear from the devil and all the former debtors honor them for their like heroic actions. Of actually like standing up to him rather than just running away, not doing anything. Which did you choose? Uh, the first time I chose no, because I first looked it up to be like, if I choose yes, will I have to play the whole thing again just to fight the devil and beat the game? And then I tried to play him for a while, and then I gave up and went back. But I, I have I have said yes one time just to see it. Just to see what happened. Just to see the artwork. W- what is the worst that could happen? What could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Is there anything in just that plot alone that you're like... Yeah, so the first thing that came to mind actually during... During my holy, holy hour today, I was reading, uh, like I said, I've been doing the catechism in a mm, year thing. That's right. And it was only a few short paragraphs today, so I kind of just read it real quickly in my holy hour and was sort of reflecting on that a bit. And it actually was about the fall of the angels and specifically of Satan. And so it talked about something we, we mentioned on here, I think all the way back in the original Star Wars episodes that we did, how... The devil, and this is from the catechism itself, and it's referencing scripture in First John and the Gospel of John. It says, the devil has, quote, sinned from the beginning, end quote, and he is, another quote, a liar and the father of lies, end mm. quote. And it sounds like you, you see that in this game, where from the very beginning, he's trying to deceive them and take advantage of them. Very much like how he did with Adam and Eve. And from the sin of one, or I guess two, he's trying to bring others into that fold. Too. Right. Even though they, they have their own sins or whatever, or deals that they made with the devil, but it's ultimately coming down to right now, they're free of him. Yeah. And he's using these people to bring them back, bring them back to him. Yeah. Which also goes into what Jesus said about if you 
lead one of these innocents to sin, it'd be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and thrown into a the water or something yeah. like that, you know? Sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. Gross. Fish smell. Yeah, so that's kind of the first thing that came to mind. I was a little distracted by the artwork because it is kind of cool. It's really cool. looking at it as you were talking about it. But I, I think that is a really big part of it. And I do like the fact that there are actual outcomes based off of your choice of what you do, either returning it or not. Yeah, and that's the other thing is, uh, I know we've talked about it in this other episodes, like I said, you pass the first island, which is kind of like an intro to how the game works. Like this, like these are really easy bosses, but that's how you play. Once you pass through, the Elder Kettle's like, hey, you're doing well, keep doing this. But remember, just get close to him so you can figure out what to do and make sure whatever you do when you're with him, you do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said. One, I liked in the notes for that you had for the Devil Went Down the Georgia recommendation on our like list was that like, Johnny, which we'll get in that in a second, Johnny like already lost by making the deal with the devil. Right. And so like that's just, that's the same idea. And so that's that to be said, when we sin, what they're doing by doing this thing just to get like front row seats to the devil to trick him or to figure out the situation, that's a terrible plan. He's already steps yeah, ahead of you. That's a terrible idea. But still that idea of like if you're gonna do that, remember to do the right thing because the closer and closer you're gonna get the harder that's going to be. Yeah, and one of the tempting things when we go into those situations, and I'm super guilty of this too, is like we think that we can go a certain distance with mm-hmm. whatever the temptation is, and we're fine, not realizing where, well, we've talked about this before too, that the near occasion of sin, right? And so we're like, okay, well, I'm not sinning yet, and we do whatever that thing is, and that tempts us to go a little bit further. Right. And it is a slippery slope, you know? Once you you enter into this near occasion of sin, there's a reason why it's called the near occasion of sin because it's bringing you to that place. And so that's the temptation of when we think we can get close to Satan without falling into something, that's another sin called pride. <laughs> right. And I think the really the, my last takeaway from just this small game was the very end if you defeat the devil just the line it says if you look up wikipedia and like the plot it says they burn the contracts after they beat him and they race home learning that they no longer have anything to fear from the devil and it's like this idea that when we conquer him and we we get rid of everything the sin then we realize like we didn't have to fear in the first place or like defeat this thing. right but then the second thing is, in the former debtors, people that they just like defeated for their contracts, honor them for their heroic actions. Because those are the people, like you said, are sort of free from the devil right now, but also all they've really done is run away and not really, it's almost like they've sinned and they've choose not to sin again, but they haven't like gone to confession or like lived out their faith since. And just this idea of when we, when we conquer our temptations or when we do this thing, like we we can be examples to other people Mm -hmm. and so like they are that to these other people and they're like honored and they're like wow like it's like a humble honor i would i would hope but i do want to say that this idea of not having anything to fear yeah this can be a challenge too i know we're too early for challenges but go read isaiah chapter 43 and just pray with that it's a really really solid chapter in scripture and it's one of my favorite 
go-tos when things are just like really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. It's kind of a long one, but at least focus on like the first half of it. Yeah. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of Cuphead. We might tie back into it with some of the Devil Went Down in Georgia. Well, that's why I'm tying these two together because they're very short things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go really lyric by lyric, I don't think, unless you wanted to. No, it's fine. If there's anything I don't mention that you have the lyrics up, we can do it. But go listen to the song. It's only like Devil Went Down to Georgia. Simple idea. Same kind of idea. The devil goes down to Georgia because it's really funny. It says he's like desperate. He's looking for a soul to steal. He's yeah. in a bind. He's out of time. He's yeah. looking to make a deal. And he sees this boy, Johnny, who's playing the fiddle. And it's like, I got an idea. He's like, I'm going to make a bet with you. Another deal. Here's this idea that we're going to do like a fiddle off. And whoever's better, it's either if you win, you get this fiddle made of gold. If I win, you pay me a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding. He gets your soul. Mm -hmm. That's all he's after. Um, Just a soul. And in the end, Johnny wins. But as we've already stated... Johnny loses, and Lyric Genius actually said that too, which I thought was really great. I'll get to that in a second. He wins the fiddle of gold. Okay, yeah. Fun fact, not really Christ-centric related, not really media-centric related, but uh, The Devil Went Down to Georgia is based off of a poem called The Mountain Whippoorwill by Stephen Vincent Bennett. I didn't know that until I read your notes before. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I was like looking, just looking stuff up. Did you go read the poem? I just looked up lyrics, lyric genius, and was going lyric and see what people said. Yeah. And the huh. line, the line, uh, the devil went down to Georgia, uh, or hell, no, hell, hell's break broke loose in Georgia or something like that. It's from that poem. And the poem is about this guy who lives up in the mountains by himself and just learns to play the fiddle listening to whipper, whippoorwills, which is like a type of bird. Okay. Whose whistle sounds like that, whippoorwill, and uh, goes into a fiddle competition and everyone plays before him. He plays last and is like the guy that just played beat me. So he goes to give the fiddle to the guy or to honor the guy, shake his hand. And that guy gives him his fiddle and the, the crowd just goes crazy and hmm. he wins. And that's the, that's the poem. He refers to fiddling as like fire off going off of his like bros and stuff as like sinful, but also there's like a lot of uh, one, one part said like kingdom come, kingdom come. And so like this idea of like heaven meets earth while playing the fiddle in the competition, but also you know, in the heat of the competition, it's like they're doing sinful things. It was really interesting. So I had like this same kind of metaphor. And Charlie Daniels, which is the band that plays this song, realized right before they're going to produce the album, they didn't have a fiddle piece. And so they're like, before we produce, we need a fiddle piece. So they just went and sat. And I guess he found this poem and was like, I got an idea. This devil versus Johnny. And that's how this song came to be. I don't know if you're planning on bringing this up, but as I was kind of waiting for you to get over here tonight i looked into some of the lyrics too mm-hmm. and charlie daniels actually said that he came up with the parts for each of them and if you listen in is, it, the, is it the guitar part no oh, okay we'll get it. like the battle of the fiddles yeah so he designed each of them to fit the characters of who they're right. playing so is that what you're trying to talk about yeah there's one part i found like you were just saying to fit the characters and so when the devil starts his it kind of comes in with electric guitar. And at this time, or like a decade before, it was when like rock and roll first emerged. And it was it was looked as like as devil music. Oh, yeah. Because rock and roll, like all the parents are like, oh, my, my kids are getting yeah. rock and roll. It's not, it's good. And so that was why they, they, they tied in. like Okay. And so it was like certain sounds and certain instruments and like the harshness. I know when it begins, it like he like scratches and it like hurts the ears. But then it gets real cool and like the deep bass, all those things. 
Yeah. Well, the actual fiddle is the scratching. Yes. So this is what he wrote. Go ahead. Like, this is actually yeah. Charlie Daniels. So it says, the devil's just blowing smoke. If you listen to that, there's just a bunch of noise. There's no melody to it. There's no nothing. It's just a bunch of noise. Just confusion and stuff. And of course, Johnny's saying something. You can't beat the devil without the Lord. I didn't have that in the song, but I should have. And so he's actually saying, like, I intentionally tried to put, like, beauty and melody with Johnny's, who won. And, like, that's the reason why he was victorious. Yeah. Whereas if you listen to... You mentioned, like, the bass line. And, like, that's the part everyone remembers about the, the devil's part. It's right. the do-do-do-do-do-do. But that's not the fiddle. No. It's <laughs> that's... Like, yeah. The actual part that played by the devil is, like... He goes like up a scale scratching. and down a scale, and it's really scratchy. Yeah. yeah, I love the blowing smoke though, and just making noise because even in our faith life and spiritual life, that's just always doing to distract us. Yeah, he's not doing anything like solidifying. Or going back to Cuphead, when they're like begging for mercy after they lost a bet, instead of giving them mercy, he turns to them and says, "Okay, I'll make another deal." Mm-hmm. And that's not merciful. That's just like he's just blowing smoke and being like, "All right, let's just continue this endeavor for as long as I can." So you don't figure out some way to defeat me. Yeah, that's another thing that I was reading again in the catechism today. It's actually really cool that this is what we're talking about because I literally just read it. Yeah. It was talking about how Satan really doesn't have any power over the physical world because he is a pure spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that he can tempt us is through spiritual or like in a way it kind of manifests itself psychologically sometimes, but spiritual means. And because of that, they're because our spirit and our body are so tied, there are physical consequences of those spiritual attacks. And so that's like what we see playing out. But that's what we see like with his temptations and his lies and all these things that, that you're yeah. talking about. And then uh, what's the first line of the course? Some fire. You play fire on the mountain, run boys there run. Is it. That's what I was like. So play. So the chorus is, yeah, the, the play fire on the mountain, run boy run, devils in the house of eyes and sun. The course really doesn't mean anything, Chicken with the Red Pin. Those are all references to other f- classic fiddle songs that were huge hits. Oh. And I think in that way, it speaks into what you just read from Charlie Daniels, where like he capital. picked beautiful and popular fiddle songs and mm-hmm. folk songs that told these beautiful stories. And that was his way of saying, like, Johnny is like going inward with himself and with the music that he loves to produce something great. Mm. whereas the devil's just like puffing the smoke and with charlie daniels like little quote there that kind of defeats this next part but i thought this next part was interesting because it kind of went in line with what you said about like how as soon as johnny's pridefulness agreed with this bet he like lost in a way Mm -hmm. but one thing said in lyric genius that i really liked was when the devil finds johnny and he sees that johnny's major flaw is his pride the devil therefore feeds into johnny's pride by losing to him and giving him the golden fiddle, thus sealing Johnny's fate and claiming the soul that way. Yeah, I don't think that defers from what Charlie Daniels was saying. Well, that's what I was saying earlier when I said that even though Johnny won, he lost. Yeah, yeah. Because what did he win but this material, like, fiddle that, honestly, if it was actually made of gold, you can't use that. It's freaking heavy. Right. And in all reality, he didn't win of his own power anyways. Right. Because, like, going off of what Charlie was saying... He won only because of, like, the beauty and the goodness, which is uh, supposed to represent Christ. Yes. And that really brings me on to one of my last things I want to talk about. And then 
we can flesh out a little few more things, but this idea of these deals with the devil, I think it's something seen in literature over and over and over again. And he offers us something in return for our soul. And hopefully that doesn't end in a bad deal, but usually it does when you see it. That is called a Faustian bargain. And it might even have come before that, but this is now the term, like a Faustian bargain is a pact whereby a person trade something of supreme moral or spiritual importance, usually their soul, but such as a personal values or the soul for something worldly or material benefit, such as knowledge, power, or riches. I think the other, other things you might see besides a soul is like a firstborn or, you know, like family people, something that's like really valuable. Yeah. It Usually, always ends up badly. Yes. And the term refers to a legend of a character. It's like a German folklore and his name was Faust or Faustus or Dr. Faustus, depending on the story. And he agrees to surrender his soul to an evil spirit. Most of the ones they reference are a certain like reference to a Satan, but they have some German name. And after a certain period of time in exchange for otherwise untainable knowledge and magical powers that give him access to all the world's pleasures. What does that remind you of? That sounds like the temptation of Christ. Access to all the world's pleasures. Oh, I was saying uh, untainable knowledge and magical powers. Like to be like God. Oh, well, I mean, still the temptation of Christ, but also Adam and Eve, the yeah, fall. exactly. And then what I thought was interesting was... Uh, Sorry, to no, kind of elaborate on my point. So the temptation of Christ was supposed to be a... Are we talking about like when who was tempted? Satan? when Satan was tempting Christ, Christ in, in the in, desert in the desert. Yeah. So that's supposed to be a fulfillment of how Satan tempted Adam and Eve and Christ is the new Adam. And so mm-hmm. he was tempted, but he succeeded where Adam failed. thus like solidifying his role as the new Adam of the new covenant. Yeah. It's really, it is really cool. We're doing this now. Cause I just realized when this is coming out like four days later, is Ash Wednesday. Yeah. And isn't that, is that the reading on Ash Wednesday or is it's sometime in Lent, but very, fairly soon. Maybe it's the first Sunday of Lent. I don't know. I know the, the him leaving, going in the desert is like kind of begins Lent. Yeah. And so that's, it's kind of cool. And then I found that originally Faust was damned for eternity, but is later said to be redeemed by love. And most recently is implied to have tricked the devil with the knowledge he gained from the bargain. So we can uh, forget that last part, but he was <laughs> redeemed by love. Yeah. What does that make you think of? Uh, well, redeemed means to be bought back. So, Jesus. Yeah. But more specifically, the part in the creed where he says died and went to hell on the third day we rose again. Yeah. Descended to the dead. Yeah. Because essentially, if he wasn't too far damned he might have been part of the dead yeah well so jesus didn't go to hell no he hell didn't. he went to like the gates of right so it's more like hades is what they use yeah which is more like limbo like a waiting space because heaven wasn't opened yet but not purgatory not purgatory right purgatory is not hell i know yeah. or or limbo right I'm not trying to confuse anybody. I'm asking questions to clarify it. Yeah, so it's like this Hades that they reference is, is like a, a waiting place. So I like to think of it like this. You go to the doctor. Yes. 
what happens before you can see the doctor? You have to get sick. Oh, yes. Great. Yes. You check Go in. Go to the appoint the, the lady at the desk. Yeah. And then you check in and then you wait, right? You have this waiting room, right? So that is our Hades. That's our, our limbo. But afterwards, you go through this door, right? Down the hallway. The hallway is kind of like your purgatory. Past the roll of stickers. Past the roll of stickers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and eventually, you get to where you need to go, right? Yeah. So imagine there's no line and the doctors are all like ready for you. Do you have to wait? No. no you like go right through this waiting room, right? Yeah. You, you enter right into the purgatory and then into heaven. So uh, once the gates of heaven were opened by Christ in his resurrection, then there was no need for the waiting room anymore. So limbo is just... So people in limbo, though, weren't going to go to hell. They could have. Oh, it's, it's like, just, that's was, like the dividing point. This was before judgment. It's before heaven was opened. So it says that Christ descended into Hades to pull out the souls. And it says that he lifted the souls or brought with, with him the souls of the just who, mm-hmm. who were there. Right. You can't have souls of just in hell. And so they were stuck here. So very well possible that the rest of the unjust souls right. were already in hell. That's yep. That's what, that, yeah. Hell can be open, but heaven was not yet. Yes. Okay. There we are. Full circle. Full circle and a square. <laughs> Lastly, this is what some website that I won't reference said about a Faustian bargain. It said it is made with a power that the bargainer, us or Johnny or Cuphead, recognizes as evil or immoral. So it's like you recognize this as not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Faustian bargains are made are by their nature tragic or self-defeating for the person who makes them because what is surrendered is ultimately far more valuable than what is obtained, whether or not the bargainer appreciates that fact, meaning our soul. Hmm. I feel like this plays out in a lot of Disney movies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty common trope. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even because I watched this not super long ago, like was Tangled it? even with the the witch who, I guess she doesn't make a deal with the devil, but she... But, but it's the same thing. You know they're evil. You know what you're giving up is more valuable. So like you said, I don't know. I don't remember Tangled that well. It's like not that well, but Ariel and her voice. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a good love. example. Well, secular so, love. Yeah. So the witch like gives up her freedom and morality and the freedom of Rapunzel in exchange for her youth. Shrek 3, I think, too. Does Shrek 3 do this? Shrek 2? Shrek 3, that's Shrek the one of the, the castle with the potions. Yeah. And the evil thing, like he's trying to, he like turns back time or tries to, he offers someone's yeah, yeah, life, yeah, yeah. someone's oh, life away. It was uh, la, 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 the guy who, you had to say his name. Right. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. Here we are. Classic fairy tale devil, Rumpelstiltskin, offering you spools of gold and in exchange for your firstborn child yeah classic yeah why have we not done that before i don't know <laughs> who are we but yeah, yeah this is so common I'm, i didn't know there was a name for it though me neither so there you go but you, you yeah things. it's really cool because like i said these two stories play in that but then even outside of like seeing the satan satan as satan you do see these evil characters and like you said it's very common in 
children's and fairy tales. Yeah. Because fairy tales come from folklore. Go back mm-hmm. to that Tolkien episode once again. And it's it's supposed to teach a lesson though too. Like it's not supposed to be glorifying. And that that's why it says it used to be where you were redeemed by love. And that's where the folklore, it was supposed to be teaching a lesson to these kids where this is not going to save you. And in fact, it's wrong. And the only way you can be saved is through true love. Mm -hmm. Now we've corrupted that to where whatever you were given, you think, or apparently that is what's going to save you, implying that your action ultimately pays off because there is no morality. Right. And that's kind of the point of it, which we know to be false. So boo corruption. Yeah. I mean, all I had really tied in was near occasion to sin, but you brought that up earlier, which I expected would happen. Yeah. And then screw tape, which kind of just the ways the devil works and going back to Johnny, how the devil's like, okay, I'm going to lose because then I win because mm-hmm. you're prideful and you want this golden fiddle. Challenges. You gave one. Yeah. I, I have more. Oh, go yeah, take it away. I haven't really thought of any, but I'm probably on board for whatever you say. So a lot of mine are reading. Okay. So the first one is read and pray with Isaiah chapter 43. Okay. The next one is read the temptation of Christ and do the same thing. So the one I recommend is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And that's where he is in the desert for 40 days. And after 40 days, he's hungry and all that jazz and then he's come satan comes and tempts him with the the great temptations right power wealth all that good stuff that's not actually good and then the last one i want to put out there is to read those paragraphs about satan that i read today so that's catechism paragraphs 391 through 395 so they're pretty short ones so just read those three things and pray on them that's my challenge yes Nothing else? Uh, no. Okay. Shout outs? No. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> that was so painful sounding. Yeah. Okay, I, I do have one. Fantastic. So, a couple of days ago, I was talking to our good friend Annie Rodriguez and my coworker, and she was sharing an experience where she was actually talking to some lady. I don't know her name, and I'm not going to share it even if I did who this lady was adamantly opposed to Harry Potter, Frozen, all that stuff, because it uses magic. And many people think that kind of implies demonic Mm -hmm. stuff. And so she wouldn't let her kids or her grandkids anywhere around that kind of thing. So Annie had this conversation, essentially like doing what we do on the show uh, and explaining how there are some things that are innately wrong right so obviously if you're doing like a ouija board like that's one thing but if you're watching harry potter there can be good things found in that and so she had that conversation and gave a huge promotion for our show told the lady to check it out and the lady seemed pretty open to it so shout out to annie shout out to unknown woman who might be listening hopefully you're enjoying it and we actually have episodes on frozen and harry potter so go check those out if you haven't already nice i do want to retcon something real quick speaking of today's topic with cuphead it is a really fun game it's really cheap it's like 20 bucks it's pretty appropriate if you don't like that story of cups making a deal with the devil and then pretty much going and like you're like said you're fighting bosses and like shooting and stuff and there you go there are a few bosses just because the artwork and the classic style like one's a mermaid 
So like maybe the way they dress you you wouldn't like. It's a few things like that. But all in all, it's, it's an okay game. But sweet. Otherwise, you know or don't know where to find us, so I'm going to tell you. Uh, we have a website, thechristinculture.com, where you can see all these episodes. You can see certain blogs we've written in the past. You can see who's been on our show, what we look like. What we used to look what like. What we used to look like. As we've well. changed a little bit. A little bit. As well as connections to our social media. But you can also just go straight there. We have a Facebook and a YouTube, which is thechristinculture.com. We have, or not .com, the Christ and Culture, like YouTube forward slash Christ and Culture. <laughs> we have a Twitter, at On The Adventure 2. And then if you just enjoy what we, we do and you want better content, you want more content, sometimes with a lot of the interviews with other guests, we, we do extra stuff. We're actually, this, this Saturday, we're going to be doing our, our crash camp, which is where we spend like an hour talking to you if you have questions for us great if you just want to talk to us great one time we drank gross stuff and tea and it was great so if that's something that's interested we have a patreon where you can support us it's patreon forward slash the christ and culture whereas for a few dollars to whatever you deem worth giving uh, we will thank you in in different ways as far as like a text phone call high fives hugs. high fives or we have a reflection coming out soon that we give out monthly um, as well as something that I'm going to throw in for this episode, just because it was a challenge that Clint gave. But I actually have a meditation uh, that I created with Jesus's temptation. So it's mm. like it has that scripture and then like a few questions that you can journal with. Or what I usually do on retreats is where it's like two by two prayer and you send off two people together to pray and discuss those questions. Yeah. So if who if you're already giving or if you want to give and i'll put that on our patreon and uh any patrons can access that access that and pray with a, a buddy or just journal awesome yeah cool beans and if you like the show but you don't want to put any mo- money towards it that's okay too but you are hereby required to at least subscribe to <laughs> us or tell your friends or leave a review none of those things cost any money just like 30 seconds at most of your time so I need at it's least mandatory. 30 five-star reviews in order to pay my rent this this month. Yeah, just in ego. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. But we, <laughs> we do appreciate all you guys sharing us. Uh, I hadn't even told you this yet, but this is on track to be by far the biggest oh, month I, I we've, we've ever had. So yeah. thank you to everyone who's been sharing the show. It's been really fun to see how much it's been growing in the last couple of months, especially since all the updates. So we appreciate you guys. We love you. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. We'll see you next week. Yep. mugs as we talk about cups and mugs cups and mugs cups and mugs gotta get me some cups and mugs